Welcome back to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel the Series Ooh-hoo. one by one. Uh, there will be no spoilers for past, or no, that's not right. There will be spoilers for past episodes, but no spoilers for future episodes of either series. Um, experiencing a funny aneurysm at the price of college textbooks, I'm Harrison. And still upset about Sunday breaking the Class Protector Award, despite the fact that I saw this episode for the first time years ago. I'm Jason. Harrison, what episode are we watching this week? Yes, we are watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Season 4, Episode 1, The Freshman. This is the one where Buffy and Willow and Oz go to college. This is the one where Xander goes to college, or Xander does not go to college. This is the one where Giles is a gentleman of leisure, aka unemployed. <laughs> um, this is the one where Pedro Pascal goes to college for like a day. Wait, what? Did you not realize that Eddie, her like buddy, is Pedro Pascal? No, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't even see like, his name in the credits. Man. He's credited under a different name. Okay. It's like his last name is is like he's credited as like Pedro Balascon or something. Yeah. But so yeah, like, no, I had no idea. Well, it's not shocking uh, because he is so baby faced. Uh, he does not. He's not like the the rugged like Oberyn Martell that we think of him as today. Uh, Pedro Balmaceda is what he's credited as in this episode. Um, Well, I feel like a damn fool. (laughs) That's okay. Now you know. Now now you've learnt. uh, Learnt something. Um, The Freshman was written and directed by Joss Whedon, and it originally aired on October 5th, 1999. All right, Jason, what are you drinking today? All right, um, I am drinking a Great Lakes Nosferatu. It is an imperial red ale, and I'm excited about it because I saw Nosferatu for the first time this year, a couple weeks ago, and uh, nice. and I nice. think it is very superior to Bela Lugosi's Dracula. Mm-hmm. I saw both of those, uh, I think, last year. Because uh, they're both in the uh, 101 Horror Movies You Must See Before You Die book that I've been working my way through. And I agree. I think uh, Nosferatu is really, really good. And the Bela Lugosi Dracula is just like, eh. Um, I, I tend to find that things that Dracula inspired tend to be better than Dracula itself. Yeah, the uh, never been a huge fan of the actual Dracula book. Despite the fact that uh, I love vampire-related things, and one could argue that like a lot of vampire-related things in pop culture nowadays got their start from Dracula. Uh, I am drinking a very small glass of uh, red wine. Uh, it is teeny tiny. We're recording 
teeny tiny. We were recording uh, much earlier in the day than we than we normally do, so uh, I I decided not to go like like full lady drunk right out the gate. I just got off work, so I have no problem drinking this full beer. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically night for you. Yeah, I don't even try to do that. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, yeah, I'm up. I'm up. I wonder where it's five o'clock right now. Where is probably it? somewhere in like Middle Europe, or do you mean five p.m.? Um, it might be closer to Russia. Okay, in London, in London right now, it is four o three. Okay, so there. So I guess keep going a little five more hours. Yeah, five hours. So yeah, so Central Europe, Central Europe. Yeah, yeah, it's five o'clock in Central Europe. Good job, Jason. Way uh, to know your time zones. It's five. It's five oh four in Barcelona right now. Barcelona. So just pretend you're in Barcelona. Uh, I wasn't gonna do that because I'm not a dick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I guess I know that I need to just go to the door. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Jason. Will you lead us in a toast? Yes. Here are two the new chapters of our lives and the old friends who come along with us. Yeah, that's very nice. Day drinking. Yay. Hooray. The last time I day drank was... I was going to say when we were at Red River Gorge, but I mean, it was probably sometime during quarantine. (laughs) I'm like, wait a minute, you managed to get through... All of this quarantine and haven't day drank yet? That's that's impressive. You know, <clears throat> I really haven't done a lot of day drinking. Um, I have largely avoided it. So. Makes sense. It, it can lead to bad things. Um, yeah. Speaking of uh, bad things, once again, we open up in the cemetery of Sunnydale... And Buffy and Willow are having a very intense discussion about what class Buffy should take. Mm-hmm. And uh, um. it's already been it's already <laughs> been settled that she is taking philo- or not philosophy. Wow, psychology with uh, with Willow, and um, yep. and Willow offers her suggestions and kind of says, "Well, you know." It'd be a lot easier if you had like not waited until the very end to get registered for classes. So, <laughs> yeah, little not what Buffy needs. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, this is a very fun scene. Um, partially because you've got uh, uh, them picking their cl- uh, their courses out of a catalog. Um, now, what that is, kids, when- is a magazine. <laughs> A periodical that contains all of the available classes that you can take at college. This is before they put it all online. <laughs> um, and uh, they, um, as they're doing this, uh, the vampire that they're waiting to ri- for to rise. Uh, indeed rises behind them from his grave. They really should have situated themselves facing the grave. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, bad, bad move, like amateur move. And uh, But they're so they're so <laughs> engrossed. Buffy and Will are so engrossed on their conversation about 
which classes to take that they are completely unaware of this vampire who goes up right behind them and it looks like he's about to just you know do a sneak attack but then he looks down and sees that they have stakes and a crossbow and crosses and he's just like fuck this and then leaves yeah <laughs> it's very funny um and then buffy just looks behind her and she's like oh my god is this guy gonna rise like ever <laughs> um, yeah that was that was a what a what a uh, fun a way to open funny up. opening yeah uh okay um but yeah uh different courses that uh buffy uh is suggested to take are um, the American novel, History of the American novel, but she doesn't want to take that because she feels like she would have to read the great American novel. And mm-hmm. Will is like, probably yeah. more than Seems one. likely. Yeah. Um, then uh, she thought, oh, short stories, that sounds better. <laughs> but that conflicts with psychology. And then she finds out that there's a... And Willow is adamant that yeah. she takes psychology. Like, Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, Willow, I-, I can totally understand that. Um, you want to, like... College is obvious, and as we'll discuss throughout this episode, college is a huge transition. And the fact that... Um, and, like, if you have somebody that you know on campus, you kind of want to, like, you know, hang with them, at least. And, uh, yeah. but yeah, and then there's the history of pop culture class that... Buffy erroneous, erroneously assumes they are uh, they're basically just going to watch commercials, movies, and TV for credit. <laughs> Which the dickish professor that teaches the class very much emphasizes that's not what happens. God, he's an asshole. He is. But yes, but now we go to the uh, the big setting for uh, for this year of Buffy. You see Sunnydale. Woo! Yes. So, real quick, before we go to Sunnydale, we do get some new and, uh, uh, maybe not improved, but new credits for the season. Um, for the first time, we have not added anyone into the credits, but we have lost two. So, uh, Pour one out for uh, Angel and Cordelia. Who knows when we may see them next? Where I did Cordelia go? Next, but who's to say? I don't know. What a what a what a conundrum we should uh, we 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 uh, should. Um, this sentence is going nowhere. It's just uh, we'll just yeah. You know what? Let's we'll let's investigate that further. That. Possibly <laughs> next week. <laughs> um. But yeah, we're at UC Sunnydale, um, and pretty much out the gate, we see that Buffy is pretty overwhelmed by this uh, by by this uh, transition to to the college campus. Which, um, like I as I've mentioned, I watched this show for the first time during the summer between my senior year of high school and my first year of college, and wow, like relatable I, it, it, it truly is I, yeah it um i really really understood where buffy's head was uh the first time i watched this episode what's really interesting about watching this episode for me is that this kind of um i feel like my first reaction to college was a mixture of willow and buffy's reactions mm-hmm. i was very much 
willing to get active in a lot of different things around campus, stuff that stuff that I really didn't have access to, even though I went to like a pretty nice school. Um, but also there were times when it did seem overwhelming, especially, I would say, I would say maybe the overwhelming part got a little more when you're a, a little more into the year because, I mean, the, the first semester, you don't really, like, it's, it's about knocking out gen eds. And it's also mostly more about getting used to the college lifestyle, getting used to probably living on campus, living away from your parents for the first time. I know that's not true for everybody, but I'm making a generalization here. And, uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Buffy is very much overwhelmed. Willow is not. Willow is yeah. super pumped. Um, even to the point where uh, Buffy is originally freaked out by all the different uh people giving her flyers and uh and willow's like oh my gosh look at what i got all these flyers she is she is collecting them like they're fucking mardi gras beads <laughs> gosh you kind of wonder what willow's been doing in this uh in this opening thing where she gets i mean okay so i mean listen I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go ahead and quote Willow's line because we're gonna learn where Willow's <laughs> headspace is. She says, <clears throat> "It's just in high school, knowledge was pretty much frowned upon. You really had to work to learn anything. But here, the energy, the collective intelligence—it's like this force, this penetrating force, and I can just feel my mind opening up, you know, and letting this place just thrust into and spurt knowledge into." <laughs> That ended ended up in a different place than it started at. <laughs> and Willow's uh, Buffy's reaction to this little monologue from Willow is hilarious because you can tell she's like Willow, this isn't going the way you want, but she has she's not stopping her either. Like she very much had a Tobias moment. <laughs> very much. I'm afraid I just blew myself. Um, <laughs> I like this idea that Buffy has learned in her years of being friends with Willow now that sometimes you just got to let Willow get there, uh, exhaust herself, and then <laughs> everything will be Oz okay. knows that too. Um, hi <laughs> Yeah, he does. Um, speaking of Oz, <laughs> he, uh, he also is very, uh, because Dingo's Ain't My Baby have played on campus... He, he knows his way around. He's feeling pretty confident as well. Um, although in typical Oz fashion, he does try to like play that off so that Buffy doesn't feel embarrassed about how overwhelmed she's feeling, which is like, where to go, Oz? What, is, what a sweetheart. I, um, I especially love uh, how the, um, the conversation leading up to when Oz gets there and Buffy says, oh, I still have to get my student ID. And Willow said, oh, the line for that's really long. You probably should have gotten it earlier. And then she's like, oh, look, it's my boyfriend, my on-campus boyfriend. And Buffy says, well, I didn't get mine, but the line for those are probably long, too. <laughs> uh, yes. There's some really, uh, really clever gems in this episode. Uh... Yes, they go to the library, which... 
I, I'm gonna say this about UC Sunnydale in general. It is a really nice school. Like I I, I enjoy yeah. the architecture, um, and like Willow's totally right about the library. Um, just the school in general, UC Sunnydale in general. Mm-hmm. I think it's got some beautiful buildings, and uh, also, yeah, Willow is kind of taken by the library um in in the least demonic way possible (laughs) (laughs) yeah we realized that i could yeah i realized that like taken by the library could have a slew of meanings in buffy (laughs) but yeah and uh yeah and so that's when they talk about uh giles uh being a gentleman (laughs) of leisure which is british for unemployed And uh, Xander being away on his cross-country trip. And Willow says, oh, well, he said that he wouldn't get back to me until he drove to all 50 states. And and Buffy rightly points out, did you tell him about Hawaii? And Willow's just like, well, he seems so determined. <laughs> I also really like... Um willow's line about the library where she's like you know no offense to giles but occult books aside our old library selection wasn't great <laughs> <laughs> i mean i would think that standard high school libraries typically aren't i mean they're they're probably not that big in general yeah i was just saying um, the Sunnydale library was uh, at least it looked like I, I'm, I'm kind of guessing about how large like the back half that we didn't see very often was, but it looked larger than our my high school library and uh, like you, Jason, really? I went to like a really nice like you know I went to a private high school that was pretty. Uh, we had a we had a really nice library, but um, I think that set just was filmed to maybe look a little larger than maybe it was. Yep, that's uh, that's uh, filmmaking magic right there. Um, yeah, and so Buffy needs to get uh, Buffy needs to get her, her psychology book, and uh, when she gets there, um, she's she's basically been pulling out like all the books that she needs for her classes, and uh, saying that she's going to send the bill to uh, to her mom to Joyce, and what does. Uh, what does Buffy say specifically? Uh, she says, I hope it's a funny aneurysm. Uh, referring to when her mom sees the price of the books. Yeah. And I will say this. School textbooks, college textbooks are a racket. Mm-hmm. Like, that is, that is like one of the most evil ways of just draining the money out of out of college students who are trying to, you know, make it on their own uh, or transition to making it on their own. But it's hard to do that when every semester you need to spend close to $1,000 on textbooks. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Not cool. Not cool college. Textbooks should not be, textbooks should not be like $100 a piece or more. It's ridiculous. All right, that's me stepping off my soapbox. Um, uh, Buffy nearly kills a guy uh, with said textbooks. Um, accidentally this time. Uh, accidentally. I will say, um, I there is no way in the real world that when the 
three textbooks lands on your head that you remain conscious. Like, <laughs> and they weren't like, oh, they, 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 these weren't like glances. They like full on hit him uh, on the skull. Like, <laughs> and he just brushes it off. He's like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm like, no, you have sub- traumatic brain injuries. <laughs> I mean, it, it is Riley, so... <laughs> anyway, um, here is uh, the introduction of Riley Finn, Riley Finn. Who, is, who says that he is the teaching assistant for the Intro to Psych class um, that is being taught by Professor Walsh, who Buffy has already heard um, that she is a renowned, uh, mm-hmm. a renowned uh, worker in the field. Yes. <laughs> To which she wonders, how do you be renowned? Don't you have to be noun first? The painful <laughs> nouning process, as Willow refers to yes. it. Um, also, just a, just an interesting thing that I uh, I thought of while we were uh, while I was watching the episode. Um, it's not really brought up, but um, Willow is very adamant and interested in taking psychology. And um, during her discussion here with Riley about Professor Walsh, um, she's already pretty familiar with some of Professor Walsh's Walsh's work. Um, which uh, makes a lot of sense, as we learned in uh, Gingerbread that Willow's mom is also um, like a, an academic, it seems, in some sort of uh, psychological field as well. So um, they don't really bring that up. It's not mentioned at all, but I do think that's kind of interesting. Also, just, I mean, Willow in general seems like the type of person who would, you know, try to... Mm-hmm. Definitely try to um, do a little bit of extra work to prepare for going into college. Yep. Um, which is why she seems so so in her element. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. You, like you. Yeah, and this I mean, is, at, this at is first, like it. this is finally her finding like her people. Yeah, and at first, um, and it's really interesting because when she later runs into Riley, when Buffy runs into Riley. Riley calls her Willow's friend, which she probably has never been called in all the time that she's known Willow. Yeah, like huge reversal for Buffy there, um, which just really kind of is reinforcing that isolation that she's feeling right now uh, in this in this brave new world of UC Sunnydale. But it's okay, because she's not going to be completely isolated, because she's got a roommate in Stevenson Hall, which is actually the name of a dorm. I, I think it's still a dorm at UofL. Uh, oh, but, really? <laughs> uh, th- yeah, That's but funny. this is uh, UC Sunnydale. And uh, her new roommate is Kathy. Kathy is super fun. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I have to ask, I have never, uh, I've never lived, uh, in a dorm in on-ham campus housing. Um, so, uh, I could be completely incorrect, but this dorm room looks really big. Um. This room is I... immaculate compared to actual <laughs> dorm rooms. Like, right. I don't, I don't know, there may have been other dorms that, you had to pay a little bit more money for to get into and like they were probably nicer but the basic dorm at at uofl is ugh. (laughs) like this dorm is ridiculous like it's probably close to three times the size of 
the actual dorm that I had my freshman year. Nice. Um, Very nice. And Buffy really doesn't, like, have anything to say to Kathy. But Kathy's just like, oh, I hope this is going to be a super fun year. Hangs up her Celine Dion poster. And uh, <laughs> then when Buffy tries to sleep at night... Kathy, unfortunately, snores, laughs, and smacks her lips in her sleep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> without any spoilers, I'm just going to say uh, I am delighted and excited to get to know Kathy a little more. Um, <laughs> and that's all I'll say yeah, about that. It, yeah, Kathy's a very interesting character in the fact that... Y- She's so opposite of Buffy because Buffy's kind of really being low key right now, trying to try to, you know, just kind of fit in. Whereas Kathy is like, has a presence and that presence is felt (laughs) very much. Uh, Kathy fills the room. Yeah. Yet another, um, (laughs) yet another, uh, point in Buffy's uh, first couple days as a freshman that she doesn't feel that she fits in. Um, so the next day, she goes to the pop culture class, um, and she is trying to ask the guy next to her if it was still open for enrollment because she hadn't signed up for it yet, but uh, she had been told by um, by one of like the administration people that she could go there and see if it was still open and she could sign up. Unfortunately, she's asking the guy this while the teacher is lecturing. And yeah, I, I took a lot of classes in college and a lot, and quite a few of them were this size is a large size class. Never ever did something like that happen. Did a teacher say something like that? Just because a student was talking. Like, that was... Yeah, that guy was an asshole, and Buffy's better off not being in that class. Yeah, I like that, I, I really hate this scene, actually. It's so... Um, it, it, I understand, like, the point of it. You know, we it's just helping to reinforce where Buffy is right now. Um, but this... I mean, he, like, is really cruel... And, like, humiliates her. Um, It it almost takes it a a little too far here. Um, But I will say, um, between this and the um, almost exact same scene that happens in Legally Blonde, uh, where Elle gets kicked out of uh, her her first class, I had so much anxiety going into my first couple days of college that, like, this was, like, a thing. (laughs) That, like, yeah, that you would get, like, kicked out of the class if you didn't know the answer to a question or something um no yeah like (laughs) for those of you who uh who haven't experienced college yet um if you do just a heads up this isn't the norm it's i mean the teachers are there to teach they're not there to like humiliate people yeah because i mean they, they wouldn't be good teachers if they did and the way he refers yeah, to mean, her as blonde girl is so infantilizing and like patronizing. I fucking hate that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also, this, this guy. Fortunately, we never see him yeah. again. And that's not 
too uncommon right though like people like auditing a class like going to it before deciding if they want to take it or not isn't that like a thing yeah that that is a thing also i mean there are people who like just sit in for a class like it's not even an official audit yeah like there because a lot of these it's a public university a lot of these buildings are open and there's nothing that can stop somebody from just walking in and like sitting down i mean yeah buffy i would agree that buffy should probably have picked a better time to ask about the status of the class but this is there's no way that what she did justified this kind of reaction um i just noticed in my notes uh so i'm gonna double back to the library scene because there were two lines that uh i wrote down that i feel like deserve a mention um, after they meet Riley and he says, nice to meet you, Buffy responds with, I'm nice to meet. Um, yeah, and then and then Willow and Riley continue having a conversation, but Buffy clearly notices what she said and just, like, looks down like, oh my god. Um, and then she follows it later when they're discussing psychology. Um, and Buffy says, everybody's got a brain. And also has a similar reaction of like, what the fuck? I got like, oh for two here. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, hopefully this Riley guy doesn't hang around for too long. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, uh, but uh, then Buffy, following the uh, the class that she just leaves, she then um, meets Riley, who kind of guides her on the way to psych 105 which is her next class and uh and after some uh words of wisdom from riley uh buffy takes her place next to willow who's very happy to see buffy yep. and then professor walsh comes in and uh what a what a way what an entrance what a what an entrance she says that oh the students in her good graces would come to know her simply as Maggie. The students who aren't in her good graces will come to know her by the nickname that she knows the TAs are saying, even though they don't think she knows. The evil bitch monster of death. (laughs) Uh, I love that. Uh, it no like if this was if this was her whole character i'd be in like i'm like yes this feels very evil bitch monster death feels very much what like a young person would like the sort of nickname they'd come up with that's trying <laughs> way too hard like <laughs> um, um do, do you really need evil bitch monster and death all in one nickname like <laughs> You could probably lose one of them, but I don't think. But I think you'd lose some of the charm. <laughs> Professor Walsh, man, she is. She knows is how to make an entrance. The, yeah, she's the real deal, and she very much emphasizes how there will be a lot of work in this class, and this kind of. This kind of just throws Buffy for yet another loop, and. So all this time, all this episode so far, we've seen Buffy feeling out of place, feeling. Like, there's really not anybody that she can talk to because she can't really talk to Willow because Willow's just drinking all of this college experience mm-hmm. up. And Oz is, I mean, 
where as as Willow goes, so does Oz. And uh yep. the yeah. And so but that night she is uh Buffy gets a little lost and then she meets Eddie, who I just found out is played by an extremely young Pedro Pascal. <laughs> <laughs> Um, who is wonderful and reminds me that, uh, the new season of The Mandalorian starts next week. Oh, that's next week? I didn't realize it was so soon. Yes. I knew it was, I knew it was coming, but I didn't realize it was... Yes. It was that soon. And that's you, funny. too, can enjoy The Mandalorian by subscribing to Disney+, Plus, where you can enjoy not only your favorite Disney original animated movies, but also original series from Disney+, Plus and National Geographic specials as well. Disney+. Plus. It's magic. <laughs> we got paid for that, right? We better have. God, I hope so. <laughs> I came up with that on the spot. <laughs> Someone call Walt. <laughs> He's on, on ice. Uh, also, I don't know if I'd ever want to talk to Walt Disney, given all the stuff I know about him. Yeah, probably not. Um, so, yeah, she meets But anyway. Eddie, um, and yes. <laughs> he is... He is just as uh, he's he's feeling the same way Buffy is, and um, this is I li- I like this um, for Buffy and Buffy clearly gets some uh, some comfort in knowing that yeah someone else is feeling this way I'm not a weirdo for feeling like overwhelmed and uncomfortable yeah and and you can tell how comfortable she feels around Eddie because. She's not really throwing out random, it's nice to meet me too lines. Um, and uh, yeah, and Eddie talks about Hi, his. Eddie. Uh... Everybody has a brain. <laughs> it's going to be how I start uh, responding when people introduce themselves to me. Everybody has a brain. <laughs> it almost sounds like you're being mean to the scarecrow from The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> I'm especially going to say it to that fucker. Hi, I'm the Scarecrow. Everybody has a brain. Dang. Oh, Scarecrow, I think I'll miss you most of all. Fuck you, Dorothy. (laughs) What? It was the first one that she met. There's nothing wrong. Like, it's the first first comforting face that she saw, because Lord knows she didn't get a lot of comfort from the munchkins, and... (laughs) And I mean, yeah, Glinda's the one who's telling her, oh, follow the yellow brick road. But the Scarecrow's the first one who's just like, hey, I'm as lost as you are. Oh my god, Eddie is the Scarecrow. Eddie's the Scarecrow from The Wizard of Oz. Um. (laughs) Also, if you've never seen The Wizard of Oz, along with several other classics, they are streaming now on HBO Max. And in addition to HBO Max's wide selection of classic movies, you can also find their amazing battery of original series, as well as HBO Max originals as well. Check out your favorite shows like The Wire and The Sopranos. HBO Max, it's where Friends is. You're pretty good at this. <laughs> is this joke getting old? <laughs> uh, we haven't, we haven't re- hit the rule of threes yet, so we're okay. <laughs> Okay, I um, I promise I won't do that again. <laughs> but anyway, um, so they're talking about how they're both uncomfortable, and um, they talk about like, oh, well, 
wish we had like a security blanket and Eddie tells Buffy that his security blanket is actually um, the book of human bondage. He asks her if she's ever read it and she's like, oh, I'm not into porn. <laughs> and <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Love that. You can one. already tell that... You can already tell that like uh, we're leaving the subtlety of high school behind. We're not afraid to, we're not afraid to talk about uh, spurting knowledge and and porn books. Well, you know, bondage books. Xander hasn't been in the episode so far, so someone has to. <laughs> and I'll say, pardon my my phrasing of this. Fill the gap. Oh. <laughs> so, oh. But yeah, um, Eddie says that uh, it's his. Of Human Bondage is his favorite book. He's read it ten times. And uh, he keeps it by his bed. And uh, Buffy says, Oh, I don't really have anything like that except Mr. Pointy. That's nice. And he's just like, Mr. Pointy? And then she just goes into, Oh, I think we need to go down this bike path. <laughs> so, good job. And uh, so they get to a point where they uh, split off. Because uh, they think they both know their way. And I feel really bad because I I can so relate to this look that Eddie has. And I mean, it could be the fact that he's attracted to Buffy. I mean, how can you not be? And he's just like, oh, I talked to a girl. Sweet. And she's like pretty too. But I mean, I think it also might be just a whole like, wow, I think I finally found somebody to just talk to. Yeah. And... He's like, maybe I can make it through college. And he doesn't, he doesn't. because <laughs> he immediately gets attacked by vampires. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Eddie. It was nice to know you for two minutes. Um, it was funny, though, because I was surprised at... Uh, um, I was surprised that he gets killed so early on. I mean, literally after his first scene. Um, because I, I, I like looking back on this episode i felt like i was like oh yeah eddie that friend that buffy makes like he he makes a bit of an impression uh maybe not himself as a character but his um his how he affects buffy makes such an impression in this episode that um it was uh, surprising to me anyway to to see how small his role actually uh ends up being um so yeah they break in the vampires break into eddie's dorm room and take all his shit and they just leave a note behind on his bed saying that college got to be too much for him and he wasn't, uh, he was just going to go home. Which kind of makes you think, so dorm rooms don't apply to the vampire has to be invited in rule. It would appear so. Um, I imagine dorm rooms are similar to like Faith's motel room um, where it's not yeah. like a, it's not a home. It's a public building, yeah. um, but then, like, how does... I guess it's a very strange um, distinction between that and an apartment. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I, 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 I would imagine that there's, like a, like, a mystical element to it. Like, maybe if you live there long enough and you start to... Like, the way that, yeah, the way that you feel about... Yeah. Um, yeah, the subconscious feeling about the how it feels as your home magic <laughs> yeah so um buffy did find out while she was talking to eddie that uh, they're both in professor walsh's psych class mm -hmm. 
And um, when the class is done, she's looking for, uh, she's looking for him. And Will's like, "Oh, you made a friend." <laughs> and and Buffy uh, and Buffy can't find him anywhere, so she goes to the door the, the, to the dorm room, finds the note about him going home, and uh, but then um, she sees that of human bondage is still in the nightstand. Yep. So, Detective Buffy. Good job. Is on the case. Good. Good job, Eddie. Way to like you didn't put forth a whole lot of information about yourself, but you did put forth the one thing that would help Buffy get you to where you where you ended up. Um So yeah, then we go to this vampire's lair, and this vampire is called Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. And she's actually um she's played by Catherine Town, who's actually been in, she was in a She's All That with uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar. Oh, cool. And she was also in But I'm a Cheerleader with she Clea was. Duvall. Uh, but I'm um, a Cheerleader is delightful. Um, so I need to, I I have to, uh, I, I, I'm going to try this again. I have some trivia slash urban legend about Sunday that I'll, I'll use this moment to uh, 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 impart upon you. So I will say I have never been able to find confirmation that this is true. I've always seen it on like people, dis- like fans discussing it, um, but I've never been able to find an actual source from a creator of the show for this information. So, grain of salt, um, and any listeners who, uh, who do, if you've got, like, the interview or whatever, uh, please send that to us. Um, so, basically, originally, Sunday was supposed to stay, stick around a little longer. Um, I don't know if the idea was that she'd be, like, the big bad of the season, or if she'd just be, like, a recurring, uh, villain, um... Uh, but the idea was that sh- Sunday was uh, actually a slayer who had been turned into a vampire. Um, Interesting. And obviously they did not go that route because Sunday is dust by the end of this episode. Um, yeah. But if that is true, um, I say what a missed opportunity. Uh, that could have been really cool. Um, I also think Sunday is a cool, like a fun villain. She has a uh, big spike energy. Um, <laughs> uh, and, uh, one of her, one of her minions, uh, I've nicknamed Ensign Sylvia Tilly. Uh, because- oh my God. I thought the same thing. <laughs> and like, I know, I know it's not Mary Wiseman because she probably was like a top, like, uh, she was probably in grade school when this yeah. came out. <laughs> But oh my gosh, yes! <laughs> I, 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 yeah, it was very like like when I she first appeared on the screen, I was like, yeah, no, I was like, no, that math wouldn't work. But damn, I'm getting big Tilly vibes off of you. <laughs> big Tilly vibes. <laughs> yeah, that's just not gonna grow. <laughs> oh, but uh, and so we see this gang of vampires, and uh, they're basically. They don't seem too threatening. It seems a lot like they're just kind of a bunch of burnouts and stoners that uh, 
they all just kind of follow Sunday, who's very yeah, you're right uh, with the spot with the Spike vibes, the punk rock um, stuff. I do love though because basically all they're doing is killing people. They're killing people and they're taking their shit. Yeah, <laughs> and I but I absolutely love that they're like, oh, do we have a Klimt? And uh, you're like, what the fuck is a Klimt? And he pulls out this painting that is by the artist Klimt, Gustav Klimt. And they basically have a tally. Like, they post all the freshman posters up. And the, and the joke is that, like, freshmen either buy posters of Monet, of the water lilies, or of this uh, painting by Klimt. And that I'm not entirely sure what it is. Um... It's definitely recognizable. Like, I recognized it when I saw it. It's the kiss. Yeah, Yeah, it's the kiss. And, uh, and, um, it's not the first time she, it's not going to be the last time she says, but Sunday's like freshman. So predictable. (laughs) And, and the fact that they have a tally, the fact that they have the tally of Monet versus Klimt, um, you know what? I'm actually a little. I wonder where the kiss is. Um, okay, it's in Vienna. Because I have actually seen the uh, the Water Lilies painting by mm-hmm. Monet. That's in the Musée d'Orsay, which is in Paris. Oh. And uh, yeah, it's much bigger than I thought it'd be. But, yeah, uh, it's always weird seeing like those famous paintings and like like for real and being like, oh wow, like you're tiny or you're huge uh i didn't realize yeah. that they're never the size that you think they're going to be maybe because you're so used to seeing like posters that you can hang in your room of them yeah um but yeah i thought i honestly thought that the fact that they have like a tally between those two is hilarious um but it's also revealed that they turned um they turned to eddie, eddie. so eddie is now a vampire yeah, it sucks. Um, it, it's not the most... It's not the saddest I've felt when Pedro Pascal has died. But... <laughs> can't really beat the Game of Thrones death, like, ever. See, I don't even know that I felt sad when he died. More, like, nauseated. Like, well, It was so hard to have an really emotion, quick... like, right away. Because I was like, really... oh my god. Really quick Game of Thrones break here. Um, the character never really registered that much to me when I read the book, mm-hmm. but Pedro Pascal came in in season four and just like killed that part. So did the mountain before the mountain <laughs> killed him. Um, just but like, yeah, so and much charisma like he he does like that character is so enjoyable to watch. Mm. And that's why his death on the TV show hit me so much harder than it did in the uh, in the book. Yeah. So no, that's fair. Um, I also would just say about Pedro Pascal uh, and his talents as an actor. Um, one of the things about the Mandalorian that's so impressive is the fact that he is, you know, in that costume. You know, we do not see his face, but he still he he gives a performance that um is like really nuanced and interesting despite the fact that he has to rely solely on his body language and his voice um and i i find that very impressive yes he's a good actor is what i'm saying props (laughs) props to pedro pascal 
We can't wait to see you in season two of The Mandalorian. Streaming on Disney Plus October 30th. Um, so, uh, why don't we go visit Giles and... Yeah, Buffy uh, thinks uh, that uh, something is afoot, and of course, the first thing she does is go to Giles, because Buffy is still in this high school mode. Mm -hmm. She, she thinks that, you know, the way that I went about doing things has to be the way that, uh, the way that I keep doing it. So, first thing is to go to her watcher. Though not technically a watcher, as uh, Giles points out. However, Giles is not the first person that she sees in the apartment. No, it's not. Hello. This is why you should knock Buffy. Um. <laughs> yes, it is an old friend named Olivia who is wearing nothing but a Giles button-down shirt. Mm-hmm. I have to say, uh, Olivia is so attractive oh my god yes she is really like just really beautiful um yeah not even like hot like she's hot but like she's beautiful like she looks like a work of art um i i don't i don't know what else to say about that uh giles giles attracts all the beautiful Mm -hmm. women (laughs) um and she refers to giles as ripper which is uh and he's okay with that sexy and you know what's and you know what's interesting is that i feel that normally giles would be a little embarrassed that buffy would walk in on this but no he seems pretty cool about and he seems pretty distanced from buffy yeah everyone's everyone's acting really chill about this except for buffy which is pretty funny like Olivia's just standing yeah. there with no pants, and she's like, guess I'll go get into something a little less comfortable. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, I really love Buffy's line uh, when Giles is like, can I not like have an adult life or whatever? And she's like, no, because you're very, very old, and it's gross. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Giles says that um, technically she doesn't have a watcher anymore because she did cut ties with the watcher's council. All for the better, I would say. Um, so Giles is more just kind of there. and But he does say that he'll be there if she really needs him. But she needs to learn how to handle things herself. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not going to lie. I kind of agree with Giles on I this do. one. I do. I think maybe yeah. he could have been a little softer about how he told her this and maybe this should have been a conversation that they had had before right now um but i don't disagree with uh with with the content of what he's saying uh with his and he and and here's the thing um the uh throughout this episode you want to be mad at some of the people in buffy's life um because you know Willow is so wrapped up in enjoying college life that uh, she's not there to help Buffy out. Um, and same with Oz. but And, like, Giles is having his relations. Um, but, uh, and we later find out that uh, Buffy, Buffy's mom is actually using Buffy's room as, like, storage space for the gallery. Mm-hmm. But, um... Yeah, you want to be mad at them, but at the same time, you also have to remember, they're all human beings, and they're not doing anything wrong. 
Yeah. Like, Buffy is just having this really tough time adjusting to, you know, a different life. And I, and that really does boil down to the fact that she didn't have anything that she could call a healthy life mm-hmm. when the sling started. Yeah. Um, until she got to Sunnydale. And now that's kind of, it seems like it's gone forever. Yeah. Agree. Yeah. See, kids, so, this is what happens I, I can when you blow up your too. high school. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and just to, again, fill in the gaps, uh, Buffy, um, actually, wait, we got a vampire fight before, uh, before we, we get to Joyce. Pardon me. Um, when Buffy is, uh, going through, uh, campus, she sees Eddie and, um, when she goes to like, see like, oh, are you okay? And she sees that he's a vampire. She's like, oh, I'm sorry. And kills him, stakes him. And that's Pedro Pascal's appearance on Buffy. Um, so then we get, uh, Sunday and Buffy fight. Uh, and Sunday kicks Buffy's fucking ass. Um, yeah, she really messes up her arm, um, too. Yeah, it's, um, and it makes sense. Like, I understand, you know, when you're in a bad headspace, it just, you know, everything, you know, it makes sense to me that Buffy's, you know, her head's not in the fight because her head is in 500 different other places that she's trying to deal with emotionally, um, but it's still, it's not very often we see Buffy lose a fight so, uh, so badly. Yeah, and now we go to, um, yeah, when she gets to her dorm room, or excuse me, gosh, I'm skipping all around the episode. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, so Buffy gets the shit kicked out of her, and so she decides to go home. And that's when uh, she sees Joyce. And Joyce says, oh, I didn't expect to see you home so soon. And the reason is because there's a whole lot of old shit in <laughs> Buffy's room. Uh, yep. They've, uh, they're doing, what she said, it's like inventory or whatever at the gallery. Um, yeah. How much of that shit that she's put in Buffy's room is cursed? Like, it's gotta be at least like 25% of it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we, we all know that Sunnydale attracts these cursed objects, so. Um, uh, but yeah, and so Buffy Buffy kind of feels like, oh, I mean, you're, you're already using my room for something? And she's overacting, she's overreacting a little bit, but it's more just kind of everything is compounded onto this point. Mm-hmm. She feels like yeah. she's getting left behind in college and that she can't go back to what she knew. Um, which isn't true, but I can see why you get that impression. Yeah. Um, and before I feel she... like if she were having like a great fucking first week at college, if she had gone home and was like, oh, you're storing some stuff in my room, I don't think she would have given a shit. But um, here, where her, like you said, where her headspace is, She's like, I don't fit in there. And now I literally, she even says, like, if it's my room, shouldn't I fit in there? Like, shouldn't I be able to be in there? And um, she can't even go home is where her head is right now. Yeah. And 
And when you're in college or any part of your life and one bad thing starts to happen, it makes you think that all the things are terrible and Mm -hmm. you always pick the absolute worst way to look at things. It happens. Everybody does it. (laughs) Just take a breath. Try to center yourself. Listen, everybody's got a brain, Jason. (laughs) That's what I've heard. (laughs) But uh, yeah, before before Buffy leaves uh, home... The phone does ring and Buffy answers, but the person hangs up. So who knows what that is? Who can say? Uh, uh, but yes, now Buffy goes back to her dorm room, finds that everything has been taken, and there's a note uh, that says, "Oh, I just couldn't make it." So she's trying to uh, she's trying to figure out like what to do. So she goes to the bronze. Of course. Um. There is a point where she's leaving her, I believe she's leaving the dorm building, and she sees Willow and Oz talking to somebody, mm-hmm. and um, she almost thinks about telling them what's going on, but then she says, oh, or then she thinks to herself, no, I don't want to ruin what they have going right now. So she goes to the bronze, yeah. and for a minute she thinks that she sees Angel, and that's because David Boreanaz has an uncredited cameo in this. Yeah. Uh... Just for that one shot. Uh, but it turns out to just be a guy who's much uglier than Angel. Um, but has a similarly <laughs> shaped head. <laughs> much uglier. But then uh, she does have a... Um, she does see somebody from the past. Uh, in this case, it's Xander. Yeah. Notice that I didn't say, unfortunately, it's Xander. Um, I and think that's Xander because is great in this episode, Xander is great in this episode. I I don't know if we're, I can't say that we're retiring the chat alert, um, just yet, but yeah, it Xander seems almost like a different character in this episode, and maybe that's because Angel isn't there for him to fume at. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know when you uh when you spend a, a month washing dishes at a uh at a strip club. And um, maybe more, uh, you get some character growth. But yes, uh, Xander reveals that he basically made it as far as Oxnard uh, before his car broke down, which is pretty much the most Xander road trip I can think of. And yeah, he needed to earn money for the repairs. And... Uh, he was washing dishes at a ladies' night club, and uh, he says that that came to an end when one of the male strippers got sick, but Xander will not say anything that happens after that. <laughs> uh, yeah, he is um, not interested in uh, elaborating further. So I just looked up where Oxnard is. Um uh, Oxnard, and we are going by the idea that Buffy or Sunnydale is at where Santa Barbara is. Um, yeah. So it's forty miles. Yeah. No. That that <laughs> is not. That's honestly. Far. That's honestly a little further than I thought it would be. <laughs> um, it is. It is thirty-eight point one miles. Um, it is about the same distance from us to like. Uh, like Henry County. 
yeah. Yeah, you could, on a highway, no, I don't know about a California highway, but on a Louisville, Kentucky highway, you could drive that in half an hour. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, way to go, Xander. I mean, I, I know I shouldn't be giving you shit this episode, but <laughs> just good job. Um, but yeah, Xander says that he's now living in his parents' basement. They're charging him rent. And, uh, yeah, so that's all we really know about Xander, but it's kind of going exactly how you thought it would go for Xander. Um, because I, I, I apologize to anybody who was thinking that he actually would spend the summer going to every (laughs) single state and coming back a well-cultured person. Um, (laughs) but it is sweet. He, um, you know, Buffy kind of confides in him how shitty she feels. Um, and she doesn't, uh... And that she doesn't want to involve Willow and Oz because she doesn't want to, like, ruin their first couple of days of college. Um, and she's, you know, this is the first time she's admitted to anyone uh, really how she feels. And Xander is just really supportive and kind to her. And uh, he tells her that uh, Whenever he's in a shitty place, he always gets through it by asking himself, what would Buffy do? And then he kind of ruins it by uh, saying, what is Buffy wearing? But then he goes back and tells her that she's uh, his hero and that he's going to support her. Yeah. And it's it's very nice. Yeah. And and he says the he says the one thing that she's been waiting to say, waiting to hear, like, let's get the gang back together. Um, But yeah, it's it's. Of all things, Xander is the person that Buffy needed the most in this episode. And uh, so they... Yeah, it's it's something to get used to, guys. Season 4 is brand new territory, including the fact that Xander might actually be a good character. We'll, we'll see. Tell Not we'll seasons tell. 1 through 3, though. Not seasons <laughs> 1 through 3, though. He's an ass. Um... But yeah, uh, so they research the student disappearances and find out that, oh, these disappearances, they happen once every year, or they happen every year, it's just that there aren't enough disappearances to seem suspicious. And of course, they have those notes that are accompanied by the, oh, I left, uh, I couldn't take college. Um, So, yeah, and uh, with some handy researching, they realize that the time when these disappearances started lines up with when a fraternity house lost its charter and the house is just lying there empty waiting to be demolished. So they go to this house and, uh, and Buffy is, um, Buffy is kind of like lying on the skylight and seeing them all like go through her stuff and, (laughs) Xander's like, okay, I'm gonna go, uh, I'm gonna go see if I can get some weapons, um, Mm -hmm. and Buffy says, like, oh, if you don't have any, Willow does, so I like the fact that Willow has her own stash of weapons. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, good, she should. Yeah, no, college is a, college is a very, uh, I don't want to say dangerous place, but very uh, questionable place. Um, and so Buffy's trying to just you know keep watch unfortunately the skylight doesn't agree with her and she just falls through (laughs) onto her ass 
Yeah, like Buffy is not on her game no. in this episode. I mean, at least this one was this one wasn't her fault, but yeah. Yeah. Um it's pretty um, funny. Yeah, so uh then um uh, yeah, basically the vampires are like, oh, what do we do now? Um so uh Willow, who hasn't seen Buffy, obviously went to Buffy's dorm room to talk to Kathy and um and so, I love when Willow says, uh, oh, Buffy isn't the kind of person who'd run away. You know, except for that time <laughs> when she ran away and changed her name. Uh, <laughs> but there but, were uh, circumstances, and there aren't circumstances yeah. this time. Uh, which is funny, though, and, how uh, she says that, that like, oh no, Buffy's perfectly fine right now. Which, you know, we've been seeing this entire episode, Buffy is not perfectly fine. Um, it's obviously a little different than you know becoming but still i mean she's having a hard time um and willow does kind of come to the uh come to the conclusion that oh my gosh i've been so wrapped up in everything that i haven't been paying attention to my best friend i um i really love kathy's line where she's like i specifically asked for a stable non-smoker on my roommate request form (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure Buffy didn't ask for somebody who snored really loudly and <laughs> smacks Kathy. their lips in their sleep. <laughs> Kathy. <laughs> but, uh, so, um, but yeah, Xander shows up, he hugs, he hugs Willow, hugs Kathy, and it's like, hey, yeah, I don't really know you. And, uh, <laughs> and then ask Oz. He ha- god xander like way to be like such a masculine man like oh i'm immediately hugging the woman without her consent but i do ask oz for his consent fuck you Mm -hmm. there it is there's the xander we know and hate (laughs) (laughs) i do like uh, when he does hug kathy it's very much like a like an instinctual just like people i know and then he's like wait a minute I don't know you. Who are you? <laughs> it's very funny. Um, I also like, I like when the... um when Will. Oh, I was gonna say I like when Willow asks Oz, "Oh, uh, how can you be so calm during all this?" He's like months of months of strenuous <laughs> practice. <laughs> yep. Um, this is Oz being Oz. They, um, Xander explains that. Uh, uh, Buffy didn't run away. Uh, her stuff was stolen as a prank by her friends who um, don't tan and stay up all night. Yeah. <laughs> and Willow's like, so, oh, those friends. <laughs> yeah, so good Good job. Uh, good job, uh, Xander, on keeping up the... Yeah, keeping up the uh, illusion... Because uh, Lord knows we don't need Kathy in the scoop. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, while all this is happening, Buffy is once again getting her ass kicked by Sunday. And then she pulls out the Class Protector Award Ooh. and uh, says, like, oh, this is my favorite, and then breaks it. Mm-hmm. And Bitch. Buffy is. <laughs> You know, I hate you hate to see it, but it's what it's it's what Buffy needed. It's the spark that fueled her hate to to get her groove back. Uh, 
And you know, I, I have to give props to Sarah to Sarah Michelle Geller and to uh, Joss Whedon's directing. They basically since her first fight with Sunday, it kind of you didn't really know how bad Buffy's arm was. Mm-hmm. Um, like I honestly, the first time I saw this, assumed it was broken, and she actually kind of holds it weird in every other scene that she's in. Yeah. Um, like she doesn't when she sees Xander, she doesn't give him like a two handed hug, a two armed hug. She gives him one armed yeah. hug, and. Uh, yeah, so all this time you think, oh, God, is her, like, arm all right? And, uh, I mean, and she does, like, uh, reveal to Sunday, like, oh, yeah, my arm's not broken. It's just a little sprained. Yeah. Well, it looks like, um, like, maybe it was, like, like uh, her shoulder was dislocated, and during the fight, like... Uh, uh, it would pop back yeah. in. Yeah. That that's I, it's hard to tell, but that that was kind of my uh, my takeaway. But I do love the because yeah, because Sunday says like, oh, you come in here with a no weapons and a broken arm, and so I like that line where she's like, the arms hurt, not broken, and like punches Sunday in the face. Um, so I love, uh, I, yeah, I like to see it, and I love how she um, uh, she takes out most of the vamps. Uh, by a couple yourself. of them get away. A couple of them get away. It's Instant Sylvia Tilly gets away, and um, and uh, one of the, the guy uh, vampires, stoner gets away. vampire. Yeah, the Tom. dude, the one who's like, dude, man, the no, no, he was the first one that Buffy killed. Or oh, no, you're right. You're Willow right. killed yes. him. Willow killed him with the crossbow. Uh, Will- yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because he's like, oh man, bummer. Um. But yes, uh, Willow, Xander, and Oz do show up to uh, do some fighting, and uh, Oz and Xander are able to take out a vampire, and Willow uh, uses the crossbow, even though it looks like it's going to take her way too long to load the damn thing. It always does! Uh, Ah! Yeah! (laughs) Um, Crossbow! Yeah, so so yeah, and then Buffy uh, uh, is able to, like, just take Sunday out with a broken tennis racket. Love it. She, she just and, chucks yeah. at her. And I do love the, uh, it's a great, like, uh, it, the, the, the camera work is really good because you've got it, you're on Buffy, she throws the, the tennis racket and it follows the tennis racket to, like, her getting staked and then back to Buffy and Buffy says something quippy to the, her friends. She's like, hey guys, I'm cool, whatever. And then, like, back to Sunday. <laughs> and Sunday's just, like, she's got, like, throws her hands up, like, in, like, the, what the fuck? Like, right before she... As she turns to dust. It's it's very nicely done. But, yeah, uh, so they basically all, like, start taking Buffy's stuff out of the, out of the, mm-hmm. uh, out of the frat house. And as they're doing that, Giles runs forward just, like, with a ton of weapons. <laughs> and he says... Buffy, I'm really sorry. I, I, I didn't mean to abandon you. I, I, I'm ready to fight evil. And they're like, okay, sure. And then they start walking away. And Childs has my favorite line of the episode. Is the evil that way? <laughs> um, yeah. I really like that they've got... Um, somehow, Willow has ended up carrying two boxes. Uh, and she's like, Giles... Can you can you get this top one? <laughs> well, Xander is carrying the weapons chest, which I can only assume is the heavier of yeah. uh, the heaviest thing there. And I th- Buffy um, does have an injured arm, so uh, she uh, she she has a she has the lighter uh, load, I guess. This 
this time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Oz is like, oh, hey, I think you're going to be doing all right. I think it's Oz who asked her that. Mm. And, uh, and she says like, oh, college, you know, it's kind of a bit like high school and I can handle that. How and you think, oh, yay, that. happy ending to the episode. Uh, unfortunately, though, there is one more scene uh in which one of the surviving vampires runs from the lair and then he is tased and uh three uh military uh esque people soldier boys uh, <laughs> uh approach him dun 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 the end yeah the yeah the ROTC at this at UC Sunnydale is ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, the freshmen. Um, what are your what are your thoughts, Jason? Um, it's a. I think it's a good episode to mm-hmm. um, really show the change of pace for uh, the series because it, it does immediately feel like this. Um, this is something different. Yeah. Um, obviously, we're minus Angel and Cordelia. Uh, but also we're in a whole new setting. Um, Giles has taken on a very different role. Um, and yeah, we, we don't really know what well, we know because we've seen the show, but we don't really know what's going to happen. Like what's going to happen next. We don't really know. Oh, at this point we're kind of looking for a big bad. Um, but we don't really know what's up. Yeah. And uh yeah, it's it's very intriguing that you have random soldier guys tasing vampires. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah. Um if I had to give it a ranking, I would give it a 3 out of 5 Klimt paintings. Very nice. Um yeah, I agree with you. It's a good episode. Um definitely not like probably not like the upper tier about the episodes but it does what it needs to do of uh getting us through this initial hump of this transition um to what the show is now um and i i think um uh i think buffy's character arc in particular is uh really strong in this episode and um it it does a good job of setting up the the season uh where each character is at the beginning of the season um and yeah, and I also just I like I said I really like Sunday the vampire, and I kind of wish we'd gotten a little more of her. Um, so I uh, also give this episode three out of five Monets. Oh, we're tied. Yeah. <laughs> uh, finally, Klimt has caught up to Monet. Um... <laughs> Thank you for joining us on Booze and Buffy. We'll be back next week with. The series premiere of Angel, season one, episode one, City of. Ooh. Uh, I'm Harrison. You can find me on Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman and on Twitter at Harrison Kaufman. That's spelled C-O-F-F-M-A-N. You can also find my musings on the horror genre at my blog, horrorbyharrison.blogspot.com, where I post about a different horror movie every week. Uh, this week, I will be posting uh, my review of uh, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs>
<laughs> I'm Jason. You can find me on Instagram at yamij357 and on Twitter at plain old yamij. I do not have a horror blog, so that means you should give double the attention to Harrison's horror blog. Double attention. Ooh, I love that. That's uh, <laughs> <laughs> what he lives for. Um, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Booze and Buffy, or you can email us at boozeandbuffy at gmail.com. The and is spelled out A-N-D. And also, don't forget to subscribe and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. Each week, we like to give a shout out to a worthy charity or nonprofit. Uh, This week, we are highlighting College Track. College Track's comprehensive tenure program empowers students from ninth grade through college graduation, equipping students to unlock their potential through academic, financial, and social supports, including one-on-one mentoring, uh, experiential and service learning, financial aid and college admissions coaching, access to scholarships, and advising through college graduation. Together, these components make a powerful, comprehensive program that empowers students to achieve their dream of a college education. Visit www.collegetrack.org for more information. That's a lot. Harrison, we're, we're doing it. We're, we're in college. We're in college. At, with Buffy. But also, like, we get to see what Angel's up to in his own show. We made it. We did it. We have, we have, yes. we, we have it all. All right. Well, as always, go slay. And be gay. Bye. Bye.